Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Pit Pass Moto, the show that brings you deep dive interviews with the motorcycle industry insiders and racers that make the sport move. I'm Dale Spangler, and in this episode, my guest is Brooke Stewart, Director of Operations and Team Manager for Ronnie Stewart Racing. This episode is brought to you by Moto America, home of AMA Superbike Racing and North America's premier motorcycle road racing series. Rewatch every round of the 2023 series and revisit all the season's action with the Moto America Live Plus video on demand streaming service. Or visit the Moto America YouTube channel for race highlights and behind the scenes video content. Look for the 2024 race schedule to be announced soon over on the MotoAmerica.com website and be sure to follow Moto America on social media for real time series updates and original content. Brooke Stewart, thank you so much for agreeing to come on Pit Pass Moto today. How are you and what are you up to? Thanks, Dale. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. Um, Scott Locatus had told me about you guys, and I'm so happy that our worlds came together. Um, We just got down to Florida. So my husband, Ronnie Stewart, and I, we've been in the motorsports industry for a long time. Obviously, Ronnie Stewart uh, is is a good known name in the professional world. And um, we train other riders. So we just made the big, long trip down to Florida. Um, and I say long trip because we're coming from Maine. So <laughs> complete opposite sides there. I'm the lucky one who gets to fly down, but he has to be the one to drive down. So we just got here this weekend, getting unpacked, um, getting everything ready down here for our riders who are making their way down this coming weekend. So We've got some full-time guys, and when I say full-time, we have guys that literally live on our property with us, um, sleep on the property, eat with us, everything is with us, and we train them, and it's uh, super exciting. That seems to be the new school method, isn't it? Like, you really go to these sort of camps where you immerse yourself in, whether it's riding technique, how to talk on the microphone. I mean, it's really cool how the sport has evolved that much. Now, where's your base of operations down in Florida? So we're in Brooksville, which is about an hour north of Tampa. People always ask, what's the easiest way to get there? We're right off of 75. It's super easy. Um, It's centrally located, so we're close to other tracks. And in our program, we're not at a specific facility, I would say. Even though we run the property in our training program like a facility, we're just a little bit more unique in that way where we take riders to other tracks. So they're getting a lot of different variety. So that's that's some of what we do there. Yeah, I was as soon as you said Brooksville, it kind of like brought back a I don't know if it was either a, a good memory or more of a nightmare, but I just <laughs> remember like the Croom facility there, the sand whoops forever. I would say it's almost an infamous place to ride a motorcycle in that area. Yeah. (laughs) Are you guys near that? (laughs) It's so funny you say it because that's a a landmark we use. Our property backs right up to Kroom. Kroom's in my backyard. So it's really exciting because Kroom is, I think it's 2,800 acres of state land. And if people aren't familiar with it, 
I should look it up. It's I think you spend like 80 bucks a year and you can ride there as much as you want. There's trails. There's a big pit. We go to the pit and basically make our own track. And it's it's tough. Like these kids come down from up north and they're in here and you don't know the Florida sugar sand. You're going to learn it pretty quickly down here, especially when it hasn't rained, you know. So that's right next to us. And it's a really great resource, great cross training for the riders, for sure, when we're mixing them between, you know, going on the uh, motocross tracks and then getting into that different sort of environment. So it's a nice tool for us to have right in our backyard. That's interesting because it just brings back so many memories. Like I said, I think it was the late 80s when I would go down there and there was a quite a contingent of New England riders like Mike Treadwell and all these mm-hmm. Keith Johnson that we would all ride together and train together. And But yeah, that sugar sand. Wow. I never liked it, but I think it helped me as a rider. But boy, it's it really will get you in shape. That's for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think and we try to use it strategically. Like it's good to get out there, you know, obviously when it's really dry, but then also after we get a good rain and we know, okay, we're definitely going to hit crew now because it's really good for the riders and you really got to be in pretty good shape to manage it, you know, so it's a good place to be able to go to for a little bit of a variety. Yeah, it's a top end destroyer, though. I remember that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. So you've been in your role as director of operations and team manager for Ronnie Stewart Racing since 2014. How are things coming along? Is there some supercross, super motocross preparation going on with riders or is it just is Ronnie going to be doing the uh, super motocross series again next year? So I'll pull it back for a second. So years ago, Ronnie and I met. My background is in sports management. I actually worked in the NFL and NHL industry before coming into motocross and extreme sports. Um, When I was working with that uh, particular agency, there was an NHL lockout. I think it was in 2011 or 12, one of the two. I had done the draft and the lockout happened and I moved into some other areas of sports and I happened to be out in California on assignment. And that's when I met Ronnie Mm. and it was funny. We met and we just started talking about what we do. And he's like, you know, you really get me. And I'm like, well, I mean, I I get athletes. I'm supposed to get you, you know, (laughs) (laughs) our world just came together. And um, it's funny. Anytime he goes on the track, we do this thing where we kind of fist pump each other and we we bring our hands together and collide. It's like this is his thing and my thing and we we come together and do it well. And that's always been the core fundamentals of what we do. And when we met, one of his sponsors really liked me and he's like, you know, I'd love to hire you to come to the races and manage my, you know, corporate clients and things. And so I ended up talking to the agency I worked with and they're like, we totally get it. I took a break from that. And I went on the road with Ronnie. I literally packed up my house and I went on the road. It was the craziest, gnarliest thing I did. And I have no regrets ever since. It's just been a total adventure. So I started out with him doing that, managing the um, the corporate clients and the sponsorship for that sponsor at the time. And then that sponsor wanted to create his own team. So he came to me and said, I want you to manage the team and I want to go look for you know more out of industry sponsors. So we came into the space with our own team. We got the sponsorship. I was one of two female team managers at the time. So Christina Denny was super great at taking me under her wing and teaching me the ropes. And um, we did it. We hired a couple other riders at the time. We had um, Vicki Golden, who was the first female to qualify for night show for Supercross. So we were really doing some really great things with the team. Then, you know, COVID happened and um, I think the world shut down a little bit. And then we've been kind of just working out what it looks like for us more long term. So 
we're not as a scale that we had in the past with riders and semi trucks and things like we used to have and staff. But uh, Ronnie and I, we go to the races. We're still really active in the professional area. He is going to be doing some select supercross rounds, not all of them. And we'll be doing some outdoors as well. But our main focus has been shifting to the educational part of it. The more long-term plan is, we like to say, talk the talk and walk the walk. So we're going to be racing, but also teaching the kids too. So we try to do both. But historically, we were a team who was at 58 events a year. And if you count, there's not enough supercrosses and motocross combined. There's more events. We were at all the supercrosses, all the outdoor nationals, all of the autograph signings before on Fridays and select events. So our team was really active back then. And now we're still doing those races, but we're um, we're also doing more on the amateur side of things to grow the coaching business as well. I love that. It seems like it was very much a kind of a moment of serendipity because the U2 meeting in California, having similar interests, how cool is that? I mean, it just seems like such a great story. But I am curious, though, like, how did you become interested in this sports management? Yeah, I think I always grew up just playing sports. And my father, when we were growing up, he was like the president of our local like four-wheeler ATV club. So we, for 13 years on our weekends, we would go and build trails and bridges and things and maintain it. So it was a family thing for us. I also raced stock cars when I was younger. Cool. So I liked motorsports. Motorsports has always been in my blood. Um, when I was in high school, I underwent multiple surgeries during the winter. My family is a hockey family. So I wasn't able to play hockey. So I managed the hockey team. So that's kind of what started my love for management. And then when I got into college, I had a professor who was just really great and, um, we went to a convention at Gillette Stadium and I just really loved being in that environment. And I was like, you know, the business world is really exciting, but to get more concentrated, like in sports business, um, business law was just really interesting for me. So I went to school for that. I just happened to meet the right people at different conferences that I went to and um, got a concentration in motorsport and athlete management. Um, for the big five sports, you know, the basketball, baseball, all those big fives. You have to be um, certified agents to be practicing that, which means you have to take testing yearly. You have to pay fees and things. And so I was going down that road. And then when I switched into motorsports, you know, it just seemed like a really good fit. And I think when you follow your passion, it's just an undeniable thing that you can do, you know. Definitely. Tell us a little bit more about the whole Ronnie Stewart Racing Organization, because I noticed it's kind of multifaceted. You already talked a little bit about the coaching side of it. We got the race team side of it. And then I saw there's this third element called Live With Passion. Really cool. So tell us a little bit more about the organization and, you know, like what's the big picture of the organization going forward? Thanks for asking. So being a sports agent, I saw a missing piece. And that was a lot of times, you know, athletes are taken care of during their career. I don't know the statistics off the bat right now, but I know back in the day, I think it was like 74%, but don't quote me entirely on that. But after athletes leave the organization, you know, they would be going backwards. They didn't really have the best transitional plan, the best succession plan for what they're going to do after their sport. And, you know, athletes are kind of groomed from a young age to get to a goal and get to their professional career. And then all of a sudden when it changes, everything kind of changes in their life. So Ronnie and I, when we looked at that, you know, we were growing our racing side of it. And racing is basically year to year. It's sponsorship to sponsorship. It's how you perform the last race. That's kind of where you're remembered by. So how do you take what you're doing now, brand yourself when you have attention from other people, when you have a fan base 
and then use those connections to build a long-term succession goal, right? So we started thinking, what do we want to do? Well, we didn't want to leave motorsports completely. We didn't want to leave the dirt bike industry completely. So we're just trying to see where we can fit by doing that. And Ronnie has always loved teaching. He's just been so good at it. And it's actually how he made the connection for his title sponsor, Microbelt, when we had them as our title sponsor, which had huge funding for us when we went on um, to do the semi and all of that. So um, for us, Live With Passion is just our long-term project. Um, it's basically taking what we use now and applying it to people beyond just the motorsports or the dirt bike industry. The 606 factory is basically how we're branding the coaching aspect of what Ronnie is doing with the motocross industry. And um, there's actually four components to that. So when we say live with passion, that's kind of what leads everything for us. And we say we have four chambers, uh, which is basically the foundation to what drives the business. And the four chambers are our on-bike training, which is basically the forefront of what everyone thinks about when you think about coaching or riding. It's what you do on the bike. Uh, it's nutrition and how you're obviously fueling and taking care of your body. It's mindset and then it's fitness. So those are our four chambers. That's, that's what makes our heartbeat is what we say. And then Live With Passion itself is also another project we're working on, which is basically just going to the general public, going beyond the bubble of the motocross industry and expanding it to other people outside of that. Obviously, people aren't necessarily going to always be riding bikes, but the other three parts of those can apply to them. So anyone off the streets can kind of dig into those foundations and apply those same things. So as we grow the business, we look at you know, making a really good online presence, a good platform where we can have people be in their membership and get access to the things we're putting out to our motocross riders, but also be able to access that themselves. So if there are recipes or if there is um, mindset exercises or physical exercises that we're giving to our students, those can also be something that we have from membership base that's entirely outside of our motocross students. So that's kind of how we're going in that direction with growing the business beyond just moto. I love that aspect of the live with passion because, you know, it's reaching outside of power sports and motocross in general. So many guests on here talk about how you know, the moto mindset, air quotes, is really is something you could carry into the rest of your normal life and it helps you succeed. I hope to see that thing grow for you guys. I, I really think it's a neat idea and just, uh, you know, kind of piggybacking on all the positives that come out of motocross racing. Yeah, for sure. I think every time I go to a professional race, you have people coming up to you at the pit, you have people talking to you on social media and everyone just gets so jazzed up on that. The races, everyone's so happy. And we're lucky enough to be able to make this a lifestyle. And so the best way we can give back in return is just to promote for people themselves, you know, to be able to try to live with passion, to get up every day, to make choices that are really aligning with what success means to them. And not just the overall general meaning of success of getting up every day and go doing a job maybe they don't necessarily enjoy because they have to, but maybe just sort of leading a lifestyle that is really aligning with what they really like to do. Yeah, I mean, as cliche as it sounds, you know, like if you do something you enjoy, it does make a huge difference, you know, getting up every morning and being inspired to get to work. But it's hard to really actually find. I think it's a lot harder to actually find that for individual people than it would seem. Would you agree with that? Oh, of course. And that's and that's the thing is it's not easy. And we have to realize that what it comes down to is choices. We got to be able to make choices. And it's funny, I listened to a podcast the other day and he was talking about, you know, sitting on the couch is a choice. Not making a decision actually is a decision. So you have to have that the honest conversation with yourself and say, if I made this choice, what would be the consequences and what's really worth it? 
I was like, I need to have some conversations with myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, we're getting deep here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, your role, though, I just feel like the more I talk to you, it just seems like with your education and training, like kind of your background, I just feel like it's such a perfect fit for the 606 factory. It's pretty incredible, really, like everything that you're doing to keep all this going. You know, it just seems like a lot of work. Thank you. It's funny because I've never been on a super cross track myself. But what I bring to the table, like Ronnie Way says, you know, sometimes we get so into our routine, we get so granular with what we're doing every day, day in and day out. I come in with a outside perspective. I bring it back. I kind of pull the blinders back a little bit. And what I like to do is I like to ask, especially the students, I'm not making decisions for them. I'm just kind of asking questions or doing prompts to help them kind of problem solve themselves to come up with solutions or look at things, just trying to pull the blinders back for them and lead them that way. And then obviously the areas off of the bike as well, like um, sponsorship, PR, marketing, the transformations are huge. Just the way they even carry themselves, the way their eyes are when they look at the camera, all those little details are analyzed when they come in here. Now there's so many different training facilities and trainers and programs out there And I think they're all great. And um, I think people can get sort of competitive about that. And we've always embraced it. Everyone's different in their own way. We're just unique with how we do things with Ronnie and I being a team. We both have our own perspective. And what we do here with having the kids, basically, it's it's basically a 24-7 program. They're, They're with us all the time. And when I look at who my kids spend the most time with, I just want them to be a good role model. So I hope that's how we are for the kids that come and train under our wing. Absolutely. If they learn anything, it's just to be a, a good human, you know, like, I mean, there's, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that, you know, if that's the least that they learn. <laughs> exactly. So our tagline here is in the making, goods are manufactured at factories. And when you come to the 606 factory, you are in the making and you decide on day one what the making is going to be. Do you want to be Loretta's qualifier? Do you want to be a champion? Do you want to get your pro license? Uh, We have a guy who's coming with us this year who is in his 60s. Nice. He has had a goal his whole life to go to Daytona on the amateur day. And that's, that's him. He's in the making. He's coming here and we're working on some fundamentals for him to do and get to his goal safely. It's not just getting guys to go and be professionals. It's getting people to be a better version of themselves, no matter what that may look like. Before you finish today's episode, first, we have a word from our sponsor. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I noticed that on top of all of your duties with Rowdy Stewart Racing, are you also doing a full-time job as a director of communications for the Institute of Family-Owned Business? Yes, I am. So when things started to slow down with us after our team was full-time, I didn't want to have a gap in what I was doing. I had spare time. So I found an organization that's a nonprofit. It's the Institute for Family-Owned Business. At the time when I joined them, I went on part-time. Then when COVID hit, I started going on more full-time. And then I backed down again a bit. And what's interesting there is I get to embrace family business every day. I actually just did an event. We had 600 people at the event 
event. It was at the new LLB headquarters um, wow. in Maine. And it was a super gnarly event, but it's all about celebrating family businesses. And so for me, I just like to keep up with maintaining my skill base. But I also think that it's important, and we do this too with the 606 factory, is not to get too granular with just doing the day-to-day. Like, you know how we talked about really getting tunnel vision on what we're doing. And so I think it's good to kind of have a couple different things. Pretty incredible. You're definitely like, I, I use the term heavy lifter, like for people that just are doing so much and just giving back, like the Institute for Family Owned Business. I mean, that sounds like a pretty neat project. Go to L.L. Bean, which by the way, that would be a great team sponsor if you could somehow line that one up. <laughs> <laughs> I know, Right. But on top of all that, you're also a mom. So, I mean, how do you juggle all these responsibilities? Because it just seems like you're really doing a lot. Well, it's funny because I'm spearheading, and you're going to say, you're taking on a lot here. <laughs> I'm, spear- <laughs> I'm spearheading a working parents group at the Institute with our family business members. And I just think it's important, you know, when I met Ronnie, I was, you know, going to, going into a very corporate cutthroat industry and, you know, working seven days a week, really long hours. And when I met Ronnie, I made the decision. Again, we were talking about decision making, making good choices. When we live with passion and we let that lead our decision making, I feel like that's going to help us long term. And that's what I did. I made the decision to make the choice to go after the career I wanted. But being able to be a mom, I have a three-year-old boy was very busy and a 10 month old girl who is crazy, just tried to climb up to the counter this morning. Um, But to be able to be a mom and to have a career too, for me is super important. And I think when you have kids, you try to be the best example you can be for them. And that's how they learn. And so for me, it's super important. That's why I'm spearheading that group with the Institute. But in order to make it work, you have to have a good support system. And at the Institute, we have some really great employees who are helping so I can able to manage both things. And I was very upfront in the beginning about continuing with Ronnie and what we're doing. And it's great to be able to be able to do both. I'm really excited for the things that Ronnie and I are doing to grow. Things are coming at us so fast, we can't keep up with it. It's it's really exciting. So we're just trying to work on ways to grow the 606 factory and the Live a Passion project and um, work on uh, getting a, a facility. That's the big thing that we're looking at next is getting our actual foundational piece together with a geographical location. Do you think that'll be in Florida or is that going to be up in New England as well? It's hard. We So at home, we have some acreage and it's perfectly positioned because, you know, people always say, oh, how much land do you really need to have a track? And they think about the track and how big it is. And that's great. But it's not just that. It's what is the land around? How is it zoned? You know, there's all these things. Yep. And even we brought our property and it's zoned a specific ruling with the town. But then there's it's it's bordered by a river, which has a different jurisdiction with rivers and things. So our land up there is a little bit more private. We don't do all of the schools and things at our house with our track there. Um, I failed to tell you. So when we're in Maine in the summer, we do schools. That's our focus. We have a track that's really close to us, MX207, oh, yeah. which is pretty popular as well. You know, you're you're doing high level. And then we come to Florida, you get into the very deep parts of it. It's more smaller crowd, get into the thick of it. So that's kind of what we do. And um, for location wise, it's just a matter of finding the right property. And that's why we're trying to be patient because last thing you want to do is go all in on something and then you got the town or you got these people in the newspaper putting up ads about this and that trying to kick you out. So you got, you got to find the right piece of property. And I think, you know, it probably will end up being down South. I would guess just because it's more 
you can do something year round, but then we'll we'll still go up north if we, we do move down south just to make sure we are doing the uh, schools because Ronnie has a really good student base up there. Yeah, it's funny, but out west here, I think a lot of people take it for granted that there's just a lot of places to ride, but you get back east and midwest, like where I grew up, and it's just, it's all private land. So it's so much more of a difficult process, like you're saying. You know, all it takes is one person sometimes and it's kind of over. You know, they get a vendetta going, but yeah, definitely tougher back east. So I'm curious to know, though, like back on the racing side, do you see like, the racing side growing a little more and, and like you guys getting some corporate sponsors and maybe becomes another like Pipes Motorsports group where you, know, you actually grow into a full Supercross and Motocross team? Yeah, it's funny you say that. So Scott Lucatus and I, when we get on the phone, we we do like this think tank and him and I, we, we hadn't talked for a little bit and we get talking and we're like, why do we not talk? Like we get, we get going and we get, our brains get going. And it's funny because when I had the kids, I had Easton during COVID and I was really in the thick of motherhood. The world came to a stop. You know, the industry came to a halt for a while. Then when, we, when people started re-entering, we're like, okay, are we, are we going into this all in? Or are we, what are we doing? And again, live with passion. Okay, we're going to pursue it. We made the choices to go after it and start. And we build it where we had to build things, you know, back up. So we look at the long-term plan and being able to have the schooling and be able to have students. My vision would be, obviously, we're going to work on the facility and getting a team so it can at least help to get those students where we need to go. And eventually the people that are in the making to go into the professional sport area. So, yeah, of course, I mean, I would love to be able to get the team back to where it was years ago. I think that would be a great goal. And I think we definitely have that on our radar. That's definitely where we want to go eventually. I think it would be hard probably to do both, but I just didn't know if there was, you know, a kind of emphasis to go in both directions, but it's just more work for you, right? So, <laughs> well, you know, I think it goes back to finding the right people. It's, you know, if we, if we have a facility and your students are housed there, a lot of times it's not really about the team. It's, it's the facility that's sort of the moneymaker and the team is more of the marketer. Yeah. There's even instances where like a lot of the privateer teams where, people pay to be on the team and that helps to fund the traveling and things like that. And obviously you have to have a truck driver and things like that. But yeah, you know, I think there's a couple places that do it. I think, you know, like Club MX, they they have their thing going on and it's I think it's a great, a great resource. It really gets the awareness out of the facilities too, you know, and people see it and they it's the cool factor, especially for the young kids, you know, big trucks and teams. And yep. I love doing all the marketing, getting everything all spiffy and pretty, you know. We had our truck. You walked inside there. Everything was labeled. Everything was branded, you know, and we did corporate tours with all the corporate sponsors. So they come in, they don't know anything about it. They see the cool factor and that seals the deal, you know? Well, that leads into my next question perfectly. So what what's the most rewarding or your favorite part of your job with Ronnie Stewart Racing? For sure. Um, when we had the team going, obviously results are super important. But we never made that the number one thing. When we came to sponsorship, we always looked at relationship building. You know, I think a lot of people notice this too. There's a lot of great industry sponsors, but then it can get tapped out. You have to go outside of the industry to bring in sponsorship. And when we worked with corporate out of industry sponsors, we really validated the experience instead of the results. And that's what helped us to gain and retain sponsorship. And part of that was, you know, hosting their clients, doing the concierge servicing, you know, we would literally buy tickets for them, bring them in, give them a whole VIP experience. But beyond that, we also worked with an organization called Friends of Jacqueline. 
We work with kids with brain tumors and, and cancer, things like that. We would host these kids and they would tell us their stories. And, you know, the parents are like, our kids are in a hospital and the most entertainment they have is playing with the rubber glove, making a balloon. And then you bring us here and you, our kid has had the best day in the last three years of their life. And that's the absolute icing on the cake. And their their kids we're still in contact with today. And to be able to see where they're at and to see them succeed is super rewarding. And obviously, too, you know, we talked about the one student who's in his 60s, you know, and he's someone who has a really successful job in New York and he wants to live with passion. So he's making a decision to leave Wall Street for a week and go do this fun thing that's on his bucket list. And we get to be a part of that. So how can that not be super rad, you know? Yeah, that makes that story even cooler now when I hear <laughs> that he's, you know, leaving Wall Street to go do this at 64. I know. <laughs> Pretty cool. Um, Brooke, it's been so much fun talking with you today and getting to know more about you and what you do for Ronnie Stewart Racing. And it just sounds like you're having a great time. How can fans of Super Motocross support Ronnie Stewart Racing? If you go um, follow Ronnie, it's R Stewart MX on Instagram, uh, Ronnie Stewart Racing on Facebook, or the 606 Factory. We just started the page. So any following we could get, I always say to people, you don't have to buy. You can be anyone to like a page, comment on a post, save a post, all those things. You got to feed the algorithm. So all those things that you can do, follow someone, just support. That's for free. So if you can do those things, that would be super awesome. And then on our website, if anyone is ever interested in getting lessons, joining one of our schools, camps, or our Florida training programs, we do vacation packages as well. So we don't just do full-timers. We have a bunch of kids coming down who are in public school or coming down on vacation packages too. We handle all of that. So we just love working with people and we hope that you can either join us in person at a school or just follow us um, on social media. And like you said, positive vibes are probably always welcome, I'm sure. <laughs> for sure. You can live with passion, for sure. I love that. Well, Brooke, again, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, just appreciate what you're doing for the sport of motocross and supercross and uh, all the best on a great 2024 season. Thanks, Dale. Appreciate it very much. If you enjoyed this episode, follow Pit Pass Moto on your favorite podcast listening app so you never miss an episode. And if you have a moment, please rate and review our show. We'd greatly appreciate it. You can also follow us on social media or visit pitpassmotorsports.com where you can listen to the past episodes and check out the new Pit Pass Motorsports blog powered by Podium Life, featuring articles and industry news focused exclusively on two-wheel and four-wheel motorsports. Head to pitpassmotorsports.com to check it out. I'm Dale Spangler. I hope you'll join us next week for another episode of Pit Pass Moto. Thanks for listening. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.